welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So, um, as I said, we're celebrating this month, but particularly, I just wanted to think about the presence of God and, uh, and celebrate the fact that we, we know the Lord through Jesus. We, we can actually know God. It's uh, you know, something you can just sort of take for granted after a while. You've been in church. Yeah, yeah, know God, Jesus, thank you. But if you stop and try and maybe step back a little bit and just consider what God has done in Christmas, the whole concept, the whole reality that Jesus came from heaven to earth, that we can know him personally, that he's not like the, the, the Norse gods or the Greek gods or the made-up Roman gods or all the different, that, you know, they sort of fearful, distant, angry creatures with, you know, hammers and bolts of lightning or Poseidon from the deep, you know, just swallowing up ships or whatever. No, this, is, this is God, the one true God, and he's loving, he's Incredibly powerful, omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. You know, and he comes close and he humbles himself to be born as a human baby. That's far out. That's radical. That's crazy. It's awesome. Uh, and, and so we get, to, you know, we get to experience and appreciate his presence. And, and of course, you know, when we get together at Christmas time, people say, oh, Come over, we're having a big party, family gathering and all that. And people say, what can I bring? And what do you say? You say, just bring yourself. We want your presence, not your presence. You know, and we say E-N-C-E, you know, not E-N-T-S. We, we, want, we celebrate the relationship. We don't just want more stuff. And, of course, presents are nice. Gift giving is great. But the thing you most value is the relationship the fact that you can connect and enjoy being with people. And of course, it's the same with God. He's not just a, a Santa Claus kind of figure who gives us stuff. And of course, he does bless us. But the greatest blessing is actually to know him, to walk with him, to, to be with him. And, and that's a theme that I'm not able to get off at the moment. I keep finding in my own reading and prayer life and feel like even for next year we, we will probably end up with a theme, something along the, the lines of just refocusing and reappreciating how awesome God himself is uh, and, and, and loving his presence. And so um, one person who knew uh, about enjoying God's presence and appreciating his presence was David. And, you know, this guy from the Old Testament, he was a, a champion Warrior and soldier, is a successful leader, is a wealthy ruler over a great nation, perhaps the greatest nation on earth at the time. And yet his greatest delight was just to be with God. Of all the things that he had going on in his life, all the things the world offered him. And so he was divinely inspired to write about this appreciation. And we see in the Psalms these reflections. And let's Look at a few of them. Uh, first one is Psalm 27, verse 4. This is David speaking, writing, as I said, divinely inspired for our benefit. 
And he says one thing. Everyone say one thing. One thing. I mean, that's, that's uh, it's kind of challenging because I think, oh, what's my one thing? His one thing is one thing I've desired of the Lord. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So as I said, the question arises when you read that is, oh, what's my main priority in life? What's my one thing? Because here it is for David, uh, but can I, can I say the same? Because there's plenty of options. There's a lot of competition out there. And, um, and I would say some people, even Christian people, would honestly probably say, I don't know if I really think that's like, I don't know if I feel that's the number one. Like, yeah, I go to church and I love God and I, I pray and I, I sing and I sort of worship or put a CD on or go with the band at church. But I just wonder sometimes it's simply a lack of experience of God's presence that causes people, to, if they were honest, to say, I, I, haven't, I couldn't really say that's my thing. I wouldn't be able to subscribe to that. Uh, they haven't, as David says in another psalm, tasted to see how good God is. You know, we sing, God, you are good. It's a great song, isn't it? It's a pretty simple statement of faith. Uh, and it's doctrinally straight down the line, you are good. Isn't that the song? You are good. And we just sing it for about 20 minutes. You know, you are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Oh, you are good. You are good. You are good. I mean, from a literary point of view, you know, you might say it's not Shakespeare. You know, it's kind of, you know, what do you... But it works, you know. You don't need floral language to kind of get the message across. God is good. Let's sing it. <laughs> Someone, someone's making some money out of that song. You know, they've, someone's done well. They're getting the royalties. They just thought, God is good. I'm going to write a song about that. I know, I'll say, God is good. What else will I say? Nothing. I think that's enough. So we'll just sing. God is good. God is good. God is good. What else do I think? Nothing. Oh, can't think of it there. So we'll just do it again. God is good. God is good. God is good. Oh, you know. Right? Get the band together, record, put out, and then sing. Everyone's singing all around the world and someone's buying Christmas presents with the royalties. That's how it works. So come on, songwriters. It's not that hard. <laughs> come on. You know. Hey, I was in Vietnam a couple of months ago, and I, I, I must send, I've forgotten to send this to Pastor Phil, and I recorded the, the church, they're singing in Vietnamese, um, Fear Not. I don't know if you were there, it was another meeting I went to, they're singing Fear Not. Phil wrote that song like 1981 or something, and there they are, so many decades later. I can't sing it in Vietnamese. I'm going to give you an impersonation. But if I do an impersonation, you'll think I'm racist. Because, you know, if you make any reference to any race these days, people consider it's bad and awful and evil and racist. So imagine a Vietnamese accent and words and you can do it yourself and get yourself in trouble. Um, back to the Bible. So God is good. Uh. <laughs> All right. Now, come on. Psalm 140, verse 13, David said this, Surely righteous people are praising your name. The godly will live where? In your presence. Notice the promise there is conditional. 
Only what is righteous can stand before God. Only something holy can withstand the holiness of God. So you might think, ooh, ooh. But that condition is met not by our behaviour, praise the Lord, not something we earn, but by our faith, something that Jesus earned. And so this is the cross. This is why we come to be born again and, 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 uh, and, and we, we do nothing but accept and step into that righteousness by faith. So that's cool. We don't you know, earn it by our good works. We hopefully behave reasonably well as a result because <laughs> we get stirred to do the right thing and that's the walk out, walking out of sanctification and becoming more like Jesus and, and holiness working in us. But it's given to us, comes to us, and as a result, ah, we can be in God's presence. Isn't that amazing? And so don't ever feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. Well, of course you're not worthy, but Jesus was, and bam, by faith, there you are in the presence of God. That's why you can boldly approach the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Not a little unsure, I don't know. No, no, draw near to God. He loves you. Boldly approach Him. He loves you. So we can be confident that we can be in His presence, that we can enjoy His presence. And then the verse I really want to notice is Psalm 16, and perhaps you've heard this before. Verse 11, it says, You will show me the path of life, you being God. David writing, In your presence, God, is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that awesome? Notice that the pleasure doesn't end. First of all, it's fullness of joy so it's basically the greatest experience greatest sense of joy you can have and it goes on forever so God shows us how to live continually right through for our whole life and if you're smart you'll keep cottoning on all the way one step at a time how you should live what decision you should make he's showing you the path of life you're enjoying his presence fullness of joy as a result and they're forever these pleasures, this guidance, this relationship doesn't end. It goes right off into eternity. Because let's face it, everything that the world's got to offer has a time limit. There's a lot of things to enjoy, but this one goes on forever. You, you know, um, recently I was riding um, uh, with a friend, uh, motorbikes up into the upper Hunter Valley. And we were way out beyond the normal towns where we hadn't been before and we were looking for dirt roads and sort of way out near um, the Barrington Tops area. And in the middle of nowhere, we came across this amazing estate. There was a fancy, higher than normal, fancier than normal fence. And behind it was what I thought was a golf course. But I realised it was just this parkland. And, th and then there was a golf course. But beyond the golf course, normally you've got, you know, country golf courses. You've got these beautiful, you know greens and a couple of fairways and then beyond it's just scrub all dried but there was the golf course and then beyond were these roaming hills green parklands and then polo fields and then buildings and then over that hill it looks like swimming pools and a complex of other buildings and then we come around the corner and there's this big security gate and guards and buildings and I thought, what is this place? It was massive, it filled a whole valley and then in the local pub where we ended up later of course, they said, oh, that's Elliston. And that was the property that Kerry Packer bought and developed and owned and improved and worked on. And it's grand and wonderful, but 
he doesn't get to enjoy it anymore. He had his time. And whoever does now get to enjoy it, his son and wife and other children and the special invited guests who get to go to the cinema or all the stuff that the locals said that they've got behind the gates of this whole amazing valley of beauty and development, well, they've all got a time limit on their enjoyment as well. And, uh, and that's why it says in another place in the Psalms, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. And uh, another translation says, Lord, teach us to realise the brevity of life. In Psalm 90, I think it is. Uh, and certainly cicadas have cottoned onto this. You know, because they are making a racket celebrating life, if you hadn't noticed. I mean, I think this is one of those years where cicadas have really come out. They spend, yes... I hear it being said. I think we all know it's about seven years in Australia. America, apparently 15 years. North American cicadas. Australian cicadas are impatient. They only, only spend seven years underground preparing, waiting to be born. And then when they get out, they've got about seven days to enjoy life if they don't get eaten by a magpie. And so they're like, I'm going to sing at the top of my little cicada lungs for all the... I've got one week to live... Here I am, I'm making my mark. Ah! You know, and off they go. And you would too. I've got only one week to enjoy this experience. Guys, give me an A. Ah! You know, I'll give her a B flat or whatever. A bit weird sounding. And off they go. And I thought, you know, I thought cicadas were like only in the evenings, only in the mornings. We got cicadas at like four in the morning. They don't even wait for the sun to rise. It's like, you are not sleeping. They are binging on life. They are like, I have... I, I've, I've slept for seven years. I'm not wasting any time in the evenings. I'm just going all out. It's like, come on. And, and you would too. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, like a cicada, we should enjoy our time on earth. We enjoy what the world's got to offer. But most importantly, we enjoy our relationship with God because that doesn't end. So just have some perspective. Whatever the world's got to offer, as good as it may be, don't let that become your number one thing because it's going to stop and pass away and fade and rust and rot and not last. One final thought because what I want us to do just in the last uh, little while in our service today, we're going to sing a song about the presence of God and I want us to engage and step into and appreciate and enjoy his presence. And um, in fact, Ben, you can, you can come up now um, and get ready for that. Let me just uh, read you something. Austin Phelps was an American minister who lived in the 1800s. And he wrote once about watching people in an art gallery who came and sat for hours in front of a particular painting by the famous artist Raphael. And he said this, weeks are spent every year in the study of that one work of, Ra of Raphael. Lovers of art cannot enjoy it to the full till they've made it their own by prolonged communion with its matchless form. And then he tells of a conversation that he had with one of the painter's admirers who said he had spent years coming back, looking 
at this masterpiece and yet still found it possible over and over to, as they put it, discover some new beauty and a new joy just by looking at this painting. Phelps then asks the reader this question. He says, what painting then could be anything like God himself? And you might think, well, that's ridiculous. I go through art galleries in a flash. You know, stupid modern art. I could, anyone could have done that. A kid could. Keelan famously said that. He took him to the Museum of Modern Art down in Sydney. And there's two people looking at this painting. And it was, I think Chris knows the painting. I think it's called Black on Black, you know. And it's some guy, it's like just all black, big black painting. Maybe there's a different shade of black or... And they're, and they're just looking at it, you know. And Keelan's cruising around, and, and he's pretty artistic, so he's a bit younger. He'd probably have a little more awareness now, socially, or not. But, um, but at the time, he, you know, he's, he's a really good artist. I'm trying to expose him to different... So he's coming along, he walks along, he goes, he goes, anybody could have done that! And he keeps walking, you know. <laughs> and these two people go, oh, God, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, that's the big question, isn't it? Maybe, yeah. But as Chris says, yes, but they didn't. You know, you say, oh, I could have done that. Yes, but you didn't. So you can hold it. Look, point is, you might not be into art. You might not want to stare at a painting for weeks on time. But there'll be something that you love that you get into. But there's nothing like God. And when we look at him, there is another revelation waiting. There is another touch there is that grace love strength healing physical healing emotional healing awareness wisdom touch guidance you name it you need it it's all there it's all waiting just an appreciation as David said the beauty the wonder and it waits for us and God is waiting for us it's not it it's him he waits for us to enjoy him yeah to discover how wonderful he is. And so, you know, on one hand, we're li- we-, we live in his presence all the time. But on the other hand, there are things that we need to do and times we need to take to appreciate that presence and um, become more aware of it. And one of those things is to sing, to, to, to do something physical that activates something spiritual. So that's why we, we lift our hands or close our eyes or, or do whatever you need to do to to focus on the Lord and it, it stirs our soul and our spirit rather than us just being passive. And so we're going to do that. We're going to worship and finish our service enjoying his presence. Come on, let's stand up. I say this, most services, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally as your Lord and Saviour, come and see me at the end. I'll pray with you. Try to answer any questions you may have if you have them about the Christian faith. Because most of us here know that this is the most important thing in our life, to know Jesus and to worship him. We love you, Lord. Come on, let's focus and enjoy his presence and sing to him. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.